You're listening to Integration Redesigned, the podcast that unpacks ideas, trends, and topics that directly impact developers and tech professionals. Join us as we learn from experts who are innovating and developing emerging tech with the world's leading brands. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Integration Redesigned. I'm your host, Kate Port, and in this episode, I am joined once again by Matt, our head of strategy here at Digibee. Welcome back, Matt. Thanks, Kate. Uh, Once again, we're talking about the differences between automation and integration, even more pressing as we look at data that's coming out of how we've performed in the past and where the market is shifting and going. Uh, Important to reference here that automation can be defined as the process of making something like a business process or a system operate automatically without intervention. Hot topic, particularly because of all of the topics we've talked about in 2023 related to AI. Uh, There was huge impact on talking about open AI with their management shifts. There was a big topic of conversation on the Salesforce Dreamforce uh, conference that was held in September. So everyone's talking about this AI automation, things happening on their own, but we still need the people. How does that affect integration? A topic we want to talk about once again. Matt, in particular, a big benefit that we've had here at Digibee is your expertise and knowledge about the space. You've watched the industry and seen it firsthand, and the conversation related to automation and integration evolve, particularly over the last several years. When you think about automation and integration, what comes to mind? I like to start by talking about what I think all enterprise software in particular does, which really is automation. So let me explain for a second what I mean by that, and then we'll dive more deeply into your question. Think of the old movies or TV shows um, or old photos that we've seen of people, groups of large groups of people sitting in big room and they they all have the, the little cap on to protect their eyes from the light who are bookkeepers and things like that, right? Literally big companies had hundreds of people who were bookkeepers, et cetera. Those jobs literally don't exist anymore. They've all been automated by ER, by what we now call ERP. And that was really the first software that started to, first type of software that started to work in organizations, um, software that addressed accounting, um, you know, bookkeeping, record keeping, that kind of thing. So fundamentally, I believe enterprise software is about automation, full stop. Now, the question that you're asking, of course, is a little bit more specific. Um, and and the reason for that is that the integrate the discipline of integration has been around for 30 plus years, as we've talked about previously. In the last probably three or four years, there's been um, wide use of the term automation within the construct of what we think of as integration. And I know that's specifically what you're asking about. So we'll talk about that a little bit now. Um, that term has come about because of the proliferation of SaaS applications and other types of applications and data data sources that every organization um, is is dealing with and is is using now. And as a result, there's a requirement for more and more and more integrations, ever more integrations that was than was ever the, the case in the past. You and I have talked about before how you know back in the 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 I don't know if they're the good old days or the bad, bad old days, but the old days of integration, 
Um, job number one, two, and three was integrating SAP. That, and that was just what you did. Um, and because integration technology has, um, has really um, evolved in a way such that it's a lot easier to use than it used to be, um, and it's much better at a much broader set of use cases than it used to be, we now use integration technology to address any, uh, virtually any use case that, that any of us can come up with. So, um, so I think automation, the term automation within the construct of integration started to be used to address this massive growth of, of SaaS applications. And I think of automations as in, in that construct as really things that are done for point to point integrations for typically SaaS to SaaS integration. So imagine Kate, that you're a Salesforce user and we all know that there's a huge um, kind of universe of applications that revolve around Salesforce that extend the value of what Salesforce does in its core, or any other CRM does in its core to, to the organizations that use it. Maybe that's um, uh, something that really enhances RevOps, or maybe that's something that really enhances what a salesperson does every day. Uh, could be a productivity enhancement or anything, right? Could be competitive intelligence, whatever. Um, all those applications need to be integrated with Salesforce. They really don't need to be integrated with anything else, typically. And so a point-to-point -point integration between any one of these applications in Salesforce is sufficient. Description of automation and integration as integration being the activity and automation being the outcome, that's that's a, um, a definition of the terms or description of the terms that's that's kind of common out there right now. I don't love that description, to be frank, because as I said earlier, I really think that all enterprise software, frankly, whether it's integrated or not, what it does is automate. So um, I think that the that usage of automation is a little bit, um, I don't know, I, I just don't favor it. I like thinking of it as I described in these point-to-point -point integration scenarios. Frankly, we're often... Um, some sort of a uh, some sort of other tool is leveraged, often a Slack bot or something like that. Um, so really, the interaction, Kate, that you might have or I might have as a user is is totally um, is is minimal or, or even non-existent. When we were prepping for this, we talked, or, or you know, we were we were getting ready for this. We talked about integration, doing integration without automation. And my take on it, you know, from the cheap seats is there is an element of automating business process involved in integration. So to your point, if we're integrating these B2B applications, there is automation happening. But is the, do you see it that we can do one without the other? You know, I don't want to say chicken and the egg, but does, can you do automation without integration? Can you do integration without automation? I think that the answer is, um, so it's a two-parter, I think. Uh, I think in the, in the way that, that I really favor using the term, I think the answer to your question is yes. I think, as I said, if, 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 uh, if we were to implement a new ERP, um, but we don't integrate it with anything else, which would be unusual, but just for the sake of argument, we've automated our 
general ledger, we've automated our accounts payable, blah, 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 right? Um, I think, I think though, I mean, your question is interesting. I think that in more popular usage than my preference, um, I think the answer is no. I think that they're totally intertwined. Um, the other thing I would say just, just quickly, um, Kate is I think that the term automation has grown in popularity as it relates to integration because a lot of vendors have tried to drive that term as a way to separate from, you know, kind of the old integration market and some of the, some of the challenges associated with the way integration used to be done. And I think that's okay. Um, I, I don't want to say it's dishonest, but it's maybe, um, a little bit of smoke and mirrors. It's a little bit of, um, it's a little bit of an attempt to sort of reframe, I guess, the market. Um, ultimately, frankly, that's what I think really drives this. I think you're right. I think, especially as we think about where it's going to go in the future, automation just helps make things easier, whatever that thing is. And I don't know that you can separate them out or or create a new category. And I think you're right. I think part of this is how we talk about ourselves as a company, another company talks about themselves, et cetera, to help bolster. But given that, when you think about where integration is going, we mentioned this earlier when we kicked off, AI is going to be a topic of conversation. Many CIOs, CTOs, CEOs are having conversations about this. Where do you see integration evolving over the next couple of years? And how do you think that that intertwines or evolves with or without automation and AI? So I I think that um, AI is going to be pervasively used in integration and to enable automation. So um, all for the purposes of this answering this question, I'll jump on the integration is the activity, automation is the outcome kind of thinking. I, I don't, I don't hate that, um, even if I don't love it. So I'll, but I'll use it, I think, because I think it's useful in this context. Um, there's so much that AI can offer in terms of improving how organizations um, complete their integrations, manage their integrations. You know, at DigiB, as you know, we've released some some uh, some enhancements to our platform earlier this year that allow um, that allow organizations to more easily document the integrations that they've developed with our platform, leveraging Gen AI. That's a really, you know, that's not an earth shattering use use case, Kate. Right? It's not going to um, magically connect in applications or whatever, but it's an important use case that really goes to productivity, goes to governance. Um, I can't tell you how many times in my career I've talked to organizations that are having to rewrite in, an integration because the integration that's being replaced wasn't documented. Um, and so there's no one knows how, how, um, how the sausage was made, so to speak. No one knows how to deconstruct what was done and rebuild it in a different or better way. So they just have to start all over again. So that's a small example of what AI can do. Um, we already see uh, we've seen many for many years AI 
substantially leveraged with chatbots for lots and lots of use cases, lots and lots of, you, you know, you and I get, get work done all the time, never interacting with human beings, right? And they can be sort of small things like scheduling an appointment um, or, it can, or it can be a bigger, slightly bigger thing, perhaps like a customer service issue. Um, I had an interesting one of those recently with a, a very large retailer that everyone would know. Um, we had a, a package arrive that was had been opened and part of the shipment was in there, but not the rest. And I solved the whole thing with a chatbot, clearly no human interaction. Um, very simple, took a couple of minutes. So within integration, I think we're going to continue to see really interesting ways that AI is leveraged. I think we'll probably go mostly to sort of those productivity and those sort of ongoing management improvement kind of use cases more so than um, any kind of kind of magic, you know, um, to, for lack of a better word. Um, I do think that there'll be um, ways that AI can be leveraged to simplify parts of the development of integrations, um, which I think will be exciting. And again, that goes to productivity and it goes to um, it goes to driving down errors and things like that. Um, and so I think, I think that's, that's, what's going to happen. I, I think they're going to be, AI is going to be deeply embedded in integration technology, you know, perpetually. I think that's going to be the case for everything. It's just figuring out how AI can do the most for the industry that we're talking about or the application that we're talking about, right? Uh, I like the example that you used where, you know, hey, here's a pain point. Here's how AI can help solve that pain point. And then that really unlocks a lot of scalability for an organization, which I think is to some extent what every leader, particularly that's looking at their budgets as we move forward how can I scale whatever this application is meant to do in a way that is productive for my team? And I'll give you one other, I totally agree with that. Let's think also though quickly about top line implications. So you and I are talking about kind of bottom line implications, yeah. right? Here's a really exciting way that I think AI within the construct of integration can be leveraged for top line. Quick testing and quick testing of ideas. So um, if you and I put our heads together and we think that there's a particular opportunity that our company, Digibee or, or imaginary company, whatever it is, um, we ought to be able to leverage AI to relatively quickly help us to spin up, um, in, in our case could be integrations, but you know, again, you and I agree that this is going to be applied broadly, um, so that we can, we can then test our ideas and, you know, the kind of the fail fast notion, um, if it's working, awesome, build it out, embellish it, prove it. If it's not working, shut it down, move on to the next idea. So I think there's a huge, there's absolutely huge um, potential for improvements to cut costs and to drive efficiency, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that where it's going to get exciting is seeing how um, organizations can really find ways to leverage um, to help drive top line opportunities. Love that. I think that'll speak to a lot of our listeners out there that how can we use our, our existing infrastructure to do more and to test more and to learn more. So once again, Matt, thank you for joining me today. 
This has been another episode of Integration Redesign. Thanks for joining. You've been listening to Integration Redesigned. To learn more about how Digibee can help your team connect and integrate systems at scale, visit digibee.com. Thanks for listening.